You are listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about a big reader problem, how to retain more of what you read. We're ready for Ugh, it. What everyone wants. Mm-hmm. But first, Bria, what are you reading? I am listening to a novel that uh, I know the Glassers are also excited about. And apparently there's this part in the middle that is supposed to be really wild, but I haven't gotten there yet. Anyway, it's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin. Oh, everybody is talking about this. This is the same person who wrote the story, story of Life, Life of AJ, AJ Fickery. Fickery, which I really liked. And the narrator here is Jennifer Kim, I believe. Um, I'm listening to it on Libro FM. It has a male narrator listed as well, but mine is definitely read by a woman. But the na- male narrator is Julian Kehe or Sihe, not sure. Um, anyway, the book is wow! It is so good. It is it is the exact kind of book I think listening to is very easy to listen to because the writing style, the prose are really pretty but it also kind of just follows a very simple group of people. So it's very easy to keep up with what's going on. But basically it's about these two people who create a game together. So if you're a gamer and you like games, like a like a video game, and they've been friends since they were children. Essentially they met in a hospital when they were children because the boy, Sam, was in a car accident and he wasn't speaking to anyone at all at that time. Uh, and then the girl, um, Sadie, was in there visiting her sister who was very ill and Sadie was the first person that Sam spoke to. And they eventually, like, they knew each other when they were kids, kind of had a falling out, and then they reconnect in college. And you get to hear about both of their lives and it's about them creating this huge, like, blockbuster, massive game. But also it's just the... the, it's about the struggles between them and also how they don't get along sometimes and uh, the creativity of making these games and how they make other games, but they're not not doing as well. And it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the, the plot I'm saying doesn't sound that riveting, but it is so riveting. It is so, I cannot wait to listen to it. Like I've been going on walks just to listen to this book because I want Amazing. to know what is happening. Um, it's, Really beautiful. Um, Sam, the main character, has a disability for people who look for that in um, in their reading. But it also is about, if you like gaming, I think it's great. If you don't like gaming, it doesn't fucking matter. There's like some stuff about gameplay for sure, but um, I don't think it's so much, if you have never played a video, video game before, it is more about these people's lives and like the way they relate to each other and humanity. And it all takes place in like a cold place. And then they move to California. It is just great. I, man, Mallory, I'm loving this book. It is just the exact kind of book <laughs> I want to be reading. And I, I think the Glossers are liking it too. Uh, what are you reading? So we've been talking about cozy books a lot on the show. Yeah. And we were like, at some point, maybe we should do an episode about cozy books. So I wanted to read one. And I found a book that is extra cozy. Mm. (laughs) It is a book called Shady Hollow by Juno Black, who's actually a pen name for two co-authors. And the main characters are all animals. Oh, it is. Love that. I the cover the cover blurb says two things that made me want to read it. One, it's like Watership Down meets like a mystery novel. Oh. And I was like, interesting. And the other one said it was a mix of being sinister and charming. And I was like, oh, okay. It, so the main character is a, a fox named Vera Vixen, and she is the reporter at the local newspaper in Shady Hollow. And uh, one morning they wake up, and like the the, the prologue is that you know the, this is a little tiny 
tiny town in the forest where all these little creatures live and there's never been a murder until now. (laughs) And it's like the first ever murder that's ever happened here and she's trying to investigate it. But it is, so far it is very cozy and because it's animals, I am not totally sure yet if it follows all the cozy rules. There's so far there's been no sex and there has been no violence. Everything is like, happens off the page. Like they find the body of this creature, but you know, they don't see anything happen. You don't see any violence. You just sort of see the aftermath. Um, but it is so cute. Like, literally, I got halfway through it last night and bought the other two books in the series. Aww. I keep making Jeremy read things because, like, the co- the gossip columnist at the newspaper is a little hummingbird who lives in a nest cottage. And the 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 chief of police is a big black bear. And uh, a moose named Joe runs the coffee shop. And it is so fucking cute and so fucking cozy. And it, it's just, like, in the descriptions of the little town, like, it's just so lovely you're like i want to live in a little nest cottage and get a cup of coffee at from joe the moose and you know and go to the restaurant that's run by a bear you know it's just it's so pleasant to read and i've been really really enjoying it and the mystery's fun and all the characters are great there's a bookstore run by a raven called nevermore books of, oh wow and it is just yeah. like i love it so much i'm and it's I'm pretty sure it's going to stay as a cozy thing because it is categorized by, by at the publisher as a cozy mystery. So Love it. Um, it feels very, even though there's a murder, it feels very low stakes and it's just so, even though it's again about murder, it's just so soothing. And like, if you liked over the garden wall, I think you would mm-hmm, like this. Mm-hmm, it's that mm-hmm. kind of, the, that kind of energy. I just love it so much. So that's Shady Hollow by Juno Black. And mine is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a lot of hot tips about moving books. So many people wrote in about their 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 tips on on the best way to move books. Uh, Jennifer wrote in to say, "Longtime listener, big fan." Here's the thing: <laughs> I have close to eighteen hundred books until about and until about seven years ago, when my husband said we had to buy a house because he was sick of moving them. We moved all the time. I don't know a lot about most things, but I am a book moving expert at this point in my life. I love the way this starts. Like I feel like it's like she's it's like that meme of Captain America when he comes up and pulls up a chair and sits in it backwards and it says here's the thing here's the thing um, so um here's two tips from jennifer the book moving expert first one is go to a mcdonald's and arrange to get their fry boxes they these are the perfect size and they are free Ooh, and do they smell like wow. french fries oh, i guess it's like frozen fry boxes in the- i think that is a hot book tip i mm-hmm. have never i would never even think to go to a mcdonald's no no that's a great idea And the second tip is all my books are organized by genre and alphabetized, so I label the boxes accordingly. I can get them all put back within three hours after getting a new place. You mentioned this in your podcast, but I had to repeat it because it saves my life. I will say this is clutch. If you keep your books, like I I will literally, Jeremy and I, when we move, because we have now moved together three times, uh, we will take books off the shelf and put them directly in the box like that. So they all stay exactly as you want them. It yeah. saves you so much fucking time. And I mean, Je- Jennifer basically owns a library. So I think I that this is very... <laughs> Jennifer could start her own public library. <clears throat> Maria wrote in and said, I so enjoy this podcast. Thank you. I was inspired to buy The Lady from the Black Lagoon and I'm having a hard time putting it down. Thank you, Maria. Wow. And Maria also wrote in to say, I have one tip for if you are moving a bunch of books a long distance and trying to save money. U.S. Postal Service book rate. Ooh, this is a good tip. 
Um, this Ooh. has worked well for me on two across the country moves. Check current regulations, but this is th- this worked. I guess I really have two tips. I have always tried to have to at least have the number of books I'm taking before I move. The worst outcome I have had from this was a big credit at a used bookstore I gave to a non-moving friend. That's nice. So Which basically, is, uh, actually, a great outcome. Maria goes and takes those books to a bookstore and sells them before she moves. Um, as I said, I love the podcast and it has pushed me to try some new genres. I'm not sure what my wheelhouse is. Literary fiction, whatever that is. Authors who are women. Books that push a little against genre a little. Firm feminist stance. Books to help figure out how to negotiate being a human being now. I probably am older than your readership skews. Uh, and am so grateful for gentle nudges out of my rut. Aw, that's very nice to hear, Maria. Awesome. And extremely uh, hot book yeah, tips. So that book's Postal, the U.S. post book rate. Um, I know because, and you know, Mallory, I'm sure, because we have shipped books to people of our own that we have written or mm-hmm. uh, also to Glassers, but you can definitely do that. You have to check the rate and say that you're shipping um, book rate and it is cheaper than if you're sending any other rate. I don't know why. But, but they but won't do the comics. I always say book rate with comics. I did not know that was not, <laughs> I did not know that was a loophole that I was using I that, that I shouldn't be really using. Was... I forget what happened. At some point years ago, Jeremy and I were sending comics to somebody and I was like, here, I'm doing, you, I, you call it media mail. Media mail. And okay. she was like, are these all books? Because like it was single issue, so it was floppy. And I was like, no, oh. they're comics. She was like, it doesn't count. And I was like, what? And I, Jeremy explained it to me. I forget why. I'll have to have him explain it to me again. But comics do not count, which, as we all know, is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, yeah, maybe it's because the thing, I, I feel like what they're trying to do, and this is just a guess, is that books are fucking heavy. And so they're like, look, you're sending books. Yeah. These are going to be heavy. And maybe because single-issue comics are not that heavy, it is kind of like just sending well, 25 pieces have, of paper. I think it's something about them having ads in them. Oh. So it's, it's, huh. Yeah, there's some, <clears throat> some, some complicated thing. I'll have so a graphic to novel record would, would Jeremy a- explaining it to me and, and then put it on the show. But a graphic novel would be okay because there are no ads in a graphic novel. Yeah, I think the line gets blurry, but it's, mm-hmm. again, as we all say. Bunch of bullshit. Yeah. But these are both, these are all great tips. We would love to hear more moving tips if you've got them. You can email them to us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about increasing your reading retention, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by BetterHelp. You know, I do a lot of things to take care of my mind. I'm a big journaler, as people know. On this show, I love a journal. I like to exercise every morning. I like to go outside and go on long walks and listen to music. There's a lot of things I do to take care of my mind. But do you know what is a great way to take care of your mind? Therapy in general. And that's why we're here to recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Mallory and I both really believe in therapy. We recommend therapy all the time on the show. People write in and they say, can a book solve this problem? We say, no, therapy can. Go to therapy. It's great for you. I promise you, you're going to feel better after you go a few times. It's going to be great for your mental health. It's like a tune-up for your car. You wouldn't just let your car sit there and get full of oil and gunk. I don't know anything about cars. Listen, 
BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash glasses. That's 10%. That's great. And look, it's never too late to start therapy. This could be the time for you. So that's betterhelp.com slash glasses. It could happen to you. You're all grown up now, a professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies. And one of those hobbies is video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And together we form Triple Click, a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. This week, we're answering one of the questions people email us about the most. How do I retain more of what I read? It's something a lot of readers struggle with, including us. So we're going to give you some tips and tricks to help out. Bria, I know this is an issue for you. What do you do about it? Or does it just not bother you? Do you just not care? Ooh, this is such an issue for me. Like people, you know, we do a book podcast, but I also like to talk about books. But people bring up books and I'll be like, man, I know I've read it, but I can't think of a single thing about (laughs) it. I don't know anything. It's like, it's like I, I, I'm, am I not reading this book? I don't know. It'll be a book I liked. And I, at one point could have explained what the plot was, but I won't even be able to bring up like uh, a, a, a single detail. Like I'll be like, does that have a beach in it? Like I won't even be <laughs> able to come up with like anything. And um, it's kind of like, I keep thinking about it like high school math. Like, there was a time I could have done calculus. You could put a proof in front of me, and I would have solved that bitch. Like, I was so good at calculus. (laughs) But now, calculus is just a foreign language, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't don't know how this works. It has left my head completely, and um, that is how I feel about these books. Uh, And it does bother me. Like, I wish I could tell you details of all the books that I've ever read, but half the time I can't remember who wrote them. Um, And especially because, like, people are always, to me, like, well, what should I read? And then I'm like oh my God, I can't think of a single book I've read my whole life. Like, I, have I read a book? <laughs> well, like, that always <laughs> happens when people ask you a question. Uh, I, it just, I, I start, I stopped asking, whenever I do events, I stopped asking people, like, and glassers, like, come up to get book signed, and I stopped asking people their wheelhouses, because when you ask someone something and put them on the spot, you can't remember anything. Yes, that's part of it. But I will say just generally, I don't, there's just so, I can't remember the plots to books. I can't. It is a big problem for me. Um, does it get worse as I get older? Maybe, but I actually think like this is a problem I've had my whole life. Um, what about you? Is this a problem for you? It never used to be, but the pandemic has definitely affected mm. my brain and I definitely have way more memory problems than I used to have. Um, and the thing that's really helped me is including the wheelhouse items in my book tracking journal. That's what mm-hmm. I do about it. Because I find it's quicker and easier than writing a review or a summary because I never feel like like writing, reading, a, finish reading a book and then writing about it. But it's still... Re- helps me remember what a book was about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, 
So when it comes to increasing reading retention, speaking of, the number one thing that's recommended is writing something down, which right. is probably why that helps me, whether that's writing your thoughts, a summary, the main points of a book, or just something in your own words to jog your memory later. And that's, you know, can be, you know, uh, a digital version, you know, the notes app in your phone or a spreadsheet or a physical book tracking journal can be great for this. Yeah, yeah. And I think about this a lot when people talk about um, their tracking um, because a lot of people we know who write into the show, they're, they're like, I write down a whole sentence about the book or I write down all of those additional details. And I think if I would write down one sentence of the book, I would remember it a little bit better, but I don't because... I mean, just talking about memory, and, and we can get into this a little bit more, but a lot of times you are remembering you remembering, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. once you build, you start to build those synapses, which is why people can remember things incorrectly, because if you start to remember things wrong once, you'll remember them wrong multiple times in a row, mm -hmm. because you're actually just remembering those memories of you memoring, remembering. It is a, it is a, a, a weird. memory is very complicated, but in general, everything I read did say to highlight, make notes as you read, and then write down what it was afterwards. You have to strengthen those synapses as you're going because making all these notes is going to make you remember what you're doing because you're just taking the time to, to do that. What else, Mallory? Uh, so another big recommendation is to read when you are well-rested mm. or at least when you're not about to pass out, which might be a problem that you this have, This might be the Bria. bigger problem because I read before <laughs> I go to bed and I fall asleep reading every night. This could be my issue. And that's the thing is apparently reading right before you fall asleep. Reading at night is not bad. It's reading when you're like imminently about to pass out that might not be the time of day that you're going to remember things uh if you're feeling very sleepy maybe switch from your book to like a show a video game a magazine something else that you're not trying to remember more of a show. This i will is do so that bad for your sleep habits though you can't watch a show in bed before you go to sleep that's horrible uh, nor what I if I need to do this, what I will do is I will read my book until it gets wicked late, and then if I really want to keep reading in bed, I'll read a National Geographic. Sure, okay, that seems that seems fine. But if I played a video game to go to bed, I would just never go to sleep. Oh, I well, I've been playing a lot of those like really calm games that are more like visual novels mm. in bed. Yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Oh, I would never. I've been be playing able to one sleep. called Strange Horticulture, and like it's always like raining in the background, and you like look for the names of plants and shit. It's like very soothing. Oh, wow. No, I would, it would definitely uh, interrupt my sleep. Any sort of light or something. I don't even have a TV in my bedroom. I mean, I just can't do that. Uh, well, what, what's another, what's another tip? Another tip, um, try to read without distractions. Uh, the more you're focused on the book, the easier it'll be to remember what's going on. So if you are one of those people sit there and read with their phone next to them and you check it every few minutes because you're waiting on a call or you need to see what's happening on Twitter, don't do that. Or, um, if you're trying to play it, pay attention to a sports game, if your boyfriend is playing video games and you're watching him, I feel like that's something <laughs> Mallory used to do a lot. Oh, um, yeah. That makes it harder to remember what happened in the book later if you aren't just paying attention to said book. Yes. And you know what? Speaking of boyfriends, we joke about how the only reason to get into a relationship is so you can give your significant other a weird recap of what you're reading. But this actually does help. That does retention. help. It helps. Yes. Um, if you have a significant other or a friend, like a fellow, fellow book club member, maybe anyone you can talk to about what you're reading maybe even your cat, who cares? That helps a ton in being able to remember later. And I do find this, it's the act of saying your own personal summary of the events of the book out loud can really help with retention. I saw a lot of articles that were like, read the book out loud to remember, to help you remember. I'm like, I'm not reading a whole fucking book out loud. No, God, come on. No, and I feel like a lot of the articles for this, because I looked them up as well, is a lot of stuff of like, 
people who are like self-improvement books, people are always trying to self read self-improvement books and remember them. So I think that that's like maybe that kind of thing. If you're like reading a Tim Ferriss book or some crap about a work week that's three hours or something. I don't know what these books are. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, work as hard, hard as you possibly can for you, one hour a week. Yeah, yeah you read that out loud. Um, uh, no shade to those books. As I, you know, y'all know I love a self-help book. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, reading out loud seems, that's intense. But explaining out loud, that's great. Like if you do what yeah. Mallory and I do on our show every week, which is to <laughs> say what a book is out loud and what we're reading to someone that will help you remember that book for sure. I definitely, definitely find that's true. And also, if you're trying to retain certain information, read it again. That's going to be one way to keep that info in your brain. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough one because, you know, what are, uh, you, know, you going to do? Reread the book after, you're, after you're finished. Um, but if there's like, you know, a part that you really like, you know, a chapter or whatever, it, do, it does help. I mean, obviously the, the books that you have reread a couple of times, you, you remember them the best. You know, sorry, I'm going to go back to the saying it out loud, but I will say the books I read in my book club, I can tell you much more about than the books that I did not read for my book club because we talk about them for an hour afterwards. And so that is one good reason to be in a book club or just to go online and look up stuff about the book and what people are saying about the book because that alone is going to help you to like connect some of those those little brain synapses and keep them connecting. And so you're connecting it to other things in your life or just thinking about the book more rather than just putting it down, picking up the next one off the pile and moving on. Yeah. Well, Bria, what's our last tip? It's controversial. It's a spicy one. It is. It is. It's spoilers. If you read <sighs> a summary. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory's not for this. If you read a That's summary. That's how I feel about spoilers. <laughs> a summary, not a synopsis of the book beforehand, it can really help you with reading retention. It gives you context uh, when you read, which helps you notice more details as you go. And I, man, I will tell you, I do notice this. Like if I know what the book is about and I'm like, oh, I know at this part, they're going to go and do, they're going to go up the hill or whatever, you know, uh, they're going to go, they're going to, instead of down the hill for once. And then I, and I will, when I get to that part, I'm like, here it is the part that I was prepared for. And it does help you to remember that really, that little bit of information but it's going to be hard for Mallory's out there. Oh, I, I don't think I could do this one. But if you're a Bria and you don't mind them, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, um, I, I just think back to like college or, or high school English classes where you kind of like knew what's going to happen in a book or like if there's a classic, you know, and you already kind of know what's, what's, what's about to happen and you get to that part, you're like, oh, and you don't have, you're not as focused on the, the main plot. You can kind of remember more of what's going on around mm -hmm. it. You know? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I I will say I, I just like spoilers because then I know what I'm looking forward to. I like a I like a synopsis. I like a, a beat sheet. Let me know what's going to happen so I can, when I get there, I go, oh, yeah, I knew I was anticipating this. Um, but I could see how if you did not like that, then you would not like this tip. But it will help you remember what you're reading. Yeah. So you can send your thoughts about reading retention and any tips you might have to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk about some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by something extremely exciting that's going to happen extremely soon. It is StoryFest. But Bria, what is StoryFest? StoryFest is a multi-day genre-spanning literary festival now in its fifth year. It's the largest literary festival in the state of Connecticut, and it is a celebration of stories in all forms and storytellers across all media, including your two hosts, Bria Mallory from Reading Glasses. <laughs> 
That's right, folks. StoryFest is back in person and bigger than ever. That's right. This is not a virtual event. This is an in-person event. There's going to be more than 40 authors featured on September 9th and 10th at the Westport Library in Connecticut for a weekend full of panels, signings, special events, including a live episode of the podcast that you're listening to right now. We have authors like Isabel Cañas, Julia Phillips, Gwendolyn Kisti, Ellen Datlow, Isaac Fitzgerald, Saeed Jones, Naomi Novik, Stephen Graham Jones, Paul Tremblay. There's so many more. And the coolest part is that it's free. You can hear award-winning and debut authors talk about their work and books they have coming out this fall for free. So it kicks off on Friday night, that's September 9th, with a conversation between Saeed Jones and Isaac Fitzgerald. Or you can join the kickoff party beforehand at 6 p.m. that night, featuring drinks and snacks. And then on Saturday, September 10th, the headlining event of the weekend is going to be a special, our first ever live Reading Glasses episode. We have done a live interview one time, but we have never done a live episode. Bria and I are going to have a very spooky, special-themed episode with, get ready for this incredible banger of a lineup. We have Paul Tremblay, Stephen Graham Jones, Alexis Henderson, Clay McLeod Chapman, and we have a virtual appearance by Sarah Gailey and Rachel Harrison. Folks, this is going to be absolutely amazing. We're going to be talking about a lot of fun, spooky reading and spooky booked-themed things. There's going to be a reception as well, which will feature signature cocktails and snacks. So that's right. You get to have snacks and drinks with Bria and I and all these amazing authors, many of whom are actually all of whom are big glasser favorites. We will sign your stuff. You can meet us afterwards. You get to hear us slide whistle in person. It is going to be, it's basically going to be one big bookish party and we absolutely cannot wait. This year, maybe more than ever, we're looking to return to a sense of the familiar. So please join me and Bria and all these amazing authors for the fifth annual celebration of reading, writing, ideas, and community You can go to westportlibrary.org to sign up. Again, this is free. All this cool stuff is happening, and it is free. Have you ever wanted to meet Brianna and I, and you are in New England? Maybe you're in, I don't what what, New York, New Jersey. I don't know how far you're willing to drive. But if you're in the area, (laughs) you can come for free to have snacks and drinks with Bria and I. Sean is unfortunately not going to be there, but he'll be there in spirit. Uh, We're super excited. So, again, westportlibrary.org. That's westportlibrary.org, September 9th and 10th, for free. Glasses. Glasses. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent. Wow. Y'all know we love Soylent. Mallory is probably drinking a Soylent right now. I brought this home. This was very popular in my house because it's quick. It's fast. It's a way for you to get in all of those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, healthy fats, all the things that you need to get your day started or midday, whatever you want. But it's all in one convenient place. You don't have to go and you know, make some sort of salad or put together a a juice or something, you can just grab a Soylent. And look, Soylent has a lot of products. You probably know about about the complete meal. That's the ready-to-drink shake and powder formats. It gives you 20 grams of protein. It's got 400 calories of slow-burning carbohydrates in one serving. You just grab it and you go. That's a great one. We can't speak about that one highly enough. But hey, did you also know that there's something called Soylent Squared, They're small in size, big on nutrition. It's these little bars, 100-calorie complete nutrition bars. I love these. I like to take them on flights because if I'm just a little peckish, I'm just a little hungry, but I need some nutrients. I don't just want a candy bar or chocolate bars. Y'all know I love to eat. 
this is something, it's a little nutritious mini treat that I can just grab and have on the go. And don't forget, there's also the Complete Energy Soylent. Soylent Complete Energy. It's an energy drink, but it's not your typical energy drink. In addition to all the normal stuff like caffeine, you're also getting B vitamins. You're getting 15 grams of protein, 39 essential nutrients. It's a delicious way to keep going through the day. And also a complete protein drink. You can get this nutrition shake and it's got 30 grams of protein. That is so much. So again, we find these quick, easy, they're convenient. It's a wonderful way for you to get some nutrition into your life. I know y'all are at home and you're, you need to like, you know, you need something fast, easy, something to, to, you know, you're trying to finish that book. You just want a quick meal. Hey, guess what? Soylent is the way. So go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses, code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? look at some book tech advances and bookish technology christina writes in thanks for the podcast and all the work you put into it you're welcome christina i'm sure you've done this in a book tech segment but i'm not sure how to search that do you have recommendations for the best book light you know we haven't done the best one yet, mm. which is why i put this in here we've reviewed many a book light not recently i i will say i put a bunch on our wish list right um this week, if anyone wants to check that out, uh, they're pretty inexpensive, and there's a bunch of different kinds that I would like to test out if anyone wants to look at that. But, Bria, of all the ones we've tested out, what do you think is the best? Remember that one we had that was a dinosaur? And, and when you oh opened it up, it, it roared. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, and we, disca- we decided that it would be good for kids for a little while, but ultimately Ooh. distracting. So distracting. Um. Well... I basically ceased to use book lights in my life because my book is a goddamn light. My book <laughs> is a light. Bria's and tip is to get an e-reader. Get an e-reader. <laughs> um, when I'm reading a physical book these days, I often just have another book on my Kindle if I need to read with the lights off. But I, yeah, I so rarely, I feel like when we started the book, started the book, when we started the podcast, I did read a lot more physical books. But now I've almost exclusively read on my e-reader and especially at night, I will just grab the e-reader instead of reading. Like, I just did read a physical book, but I just, you know, read it on my couch during the day. And I didn't have to worry I, about this. So, Mallory, I'm going to rely on you right here. Well, I was going to say, I think it's because during the pandemic, publishers started sending us, stopped sending as many print arcs. So now almost yeah. all the books we get are e-arcs. Yeah, and then I obviously, obviously that's what I, like, buy on, too, and mm-hmm. get from the library. I get all my library books on my Kindle, too. So what, what do you have? Because you do still use uh, a book light. Yes, I do. Uh, And the one I'm going to talk about today that I think is 
my perfect book light until something something else takes the throne is the uh we it's one we reviewed a long time ago it's the Dewen Wills I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right it's all in caps too uh it's a USB rechargeable book light uh I chose it for a few reasons and I want to throw out some caveats first one, I don't really use it in bed anymore. Um, and if someone was looking for the best book light to read in bed with a partner while their partner was sleeping, I would pick a different one. This is not the one to use. But for me, I mostly use this in the living room when Jeremy wants to watch something that I'm not interested in. It's normally mm-hmm. Jeremy wa- wants to watch a superhero show and I'm like, I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read. Uh, and he, But Jeremy is one of those people like he has to have all the lights off. Jeremy will blow out a candle. If it's going while he's watching something, it's ridiculous. So I will be like reading in another chair or on the other end of the couch. Um, And I love this book light because it is small. It is bright enough, but not too bright to to bother Jeremy while he's watching things. Um, It's small enough to travel well. And more than anything, it's rechargeable. Yeah. I find I just have no patience for batteries anymore. Any... Any book light that runs off batteries is getting an automatic page rating re- deduction for me. Nothing is worse than trying to read and realizing that your book light is dimming and about to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that so much. And this book light is so easy. You just pull it off the little clip and stick it into any USB charger. For me, that makes it the Goldilocks book light. It is just right. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I will put a link in the show notes to it. Uh, but that's my favorite, favorite one so far. Again, there are many that we haven't tested out. You can check um our, our wish list for it, but I think right now this is getting the reading glasses seal of best favorite book light, mm-hmm. best book light 2022. Right. Uh, so if you have ideas for book tech uh, or book lights you want us to test out, send them to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com or again, check out the wish list in the show notes. Now let's answer a recommendation request from Michelle who says, hello, slide whistle women. (laughs) (laughs) I am a high school principal and and about to leave my old school and join a new one. I can't believe I'm doing it given these last couple years, but what the hell. Michelle, we salute you. We do. Michelle says, teenagers and the people who like them are still my favorite people. One more time, fuck the haters, I say. Nice. Damn, good for you, Michelle. Michelle says, anyway, I'm a reader and need to beef up my rolling library cart and bookshelves. Specifically, I need recommendations for teenagers who like cars. I always have copies of The Martian and Tom Cotter's books, but what else? Something that really talks a lot about engines or the intricacies of machinery, but is also a story. Wow. I love a wicked-specific book request. Bria, take it away. We do not get much about requests for cars or engines. That is not what we do as much on this show, and I I feel bad um, because I just don't know a lot in this category. Now that I'm talking out loud, there is someone I should have asked because there is someone I know in my life who does like like an engine. Oh, it wasn't even Sean, but that is a good idea. You know what? We'll ask Sean, too, and... um, if Sean has an uh, idea, Sean, throw that in here. Throw it in there. Sean right here. is our wonderful sound wizard for reading glasses Who and knows he's a very lot about good cars. Good women knows, knows about, about cars. cars. A good car. And book. he also likes to read. So I have some machine-related sci-fi stuff. Um, Robo Apocalypse by Daniel H. Wilson, where all the machines take over the world, become sentient, and rise up. They have to do some repairs in there. There's, uh, but it's mostly about the humans, unfortunately. But there is quite there are a lot of machines. I was also thinking about this book called Machine Man by Max Berry. Um, it's sci- it's sci-fi, but with a lot of emphasis on the workings of machine because this man basically decides to slowly turn himself into a machine. It starts with him replacing his arm, and he replaces the other arm, and then slowly starts to replace everything in his body. Um, and there's a lot of machine work in there, so that could be interesting. Mallory, what about Christine? 
That's a car book, but I've actually never read Christine or uh, the other one that you're going to recommend. Um, I should have asked the. We, I can ask the King Cast boys. They yeah, yeah. I mean, I have. I don't remember Christine well enough. I weirdly read a lot. Read from a Buick Eight by Stephen King recently, and it does get into car stuff quite a bit. It is a weird book. It is like hard to recommend this book because it's just like a car, and it's at this police station, and um, it uh stuff from other dimensions and planets keep coming out of it but there's a lot of stuff about like looking under the hood like there's stuff like that in there so i think it could work i feel like none of these are quite the car um engine machinery things that uh that michelle is looking for though so what do you what do you have for michelle uh my pick for this is a book we read with our friends over at the sword and laser book club um mortal engines by philip Ah, reeve uh uh-huh um, it's a YA steampunk, like sci-fi fantasy book about a future world where all the cities are on the backs of these giant moving engines that constantly roam the world looking for resources. Um, it's a wicked fun book. It's fast paced. It's YA. Um, but it has a lot of talk about engines and machinery yeah. and like steampunk stuff. Steampunk you know, is an interesting category for this. Yeah, and I think that might help Michelle a lot is look into um, some steampunk books. And I think it would absolutely interest a teen that loves cars. You know, it's all Mm. these giant cities. It's a lot of talk about how the cities work and how the engines work. And because they're, you know, there's constantly like repairs and these like, I think London is the main city engine in the book. And it's constantly like gobbling up smaller cities and using all the parts. And they talk about how the parts are used and where they go. And uh, it also got adapted into a movie, which I've, of course, will be interesting to a teen. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I forget, came out, what, like 2018 or something? Yeah, um, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I, it's a very engine-heavy, fun, fast-paced YA book. I think that'll be good. Okay, I'm going to say that. And I'm going to say Machine Man is probably my best pick out of these ones that I kind of named. But again, hopefully Sean has some ideas here. Yeah, Sean, let us know. But uh, So my pick is Mortal Engines by Philip Reeve. I'm going to say go Machine Man. Uh, by Max Berry, but also try those other ones, I mean. My recommendation is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig. It's a great book. It does lean a little dark, but I do think that it's very much the kind of book that late teens specifically would really enjoy. In the same way where a lot of teenagers read a book like Catcher in the Rye and think, oh, finally, here's a book with a character that I identify with, for better or worse. There is a father-son relationship. They're on a cross-country motorcycle journey. It's an old motorcycle, so they're constantly repairing it. And um, there's a lot of talk of how maintaining a motorcycle has lots of similarities and and there are lots of then analogies of of how, you know, uh, maintaining this is similar to things in life and things that you might value may be in one thing, may be transferable to another thing. And I think that that will really resonate with lots of teens. Hopefully that is fitting. If you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, so much cool stuff in our uh, Void March store. Maybe you're going back to school and you want a libraries or flipping awesome shirt. Maybe you want a tote bag to carry all your books in or a sticker to put on a water bottle or a mug to drink your, your morning coffee or tea out of. There's all kinds of cool stuff. There's tons of different designs and sizes and colors and 
different fabrics over at our Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes to that. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us for free, you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It's great for us and helps us reach more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for reading. reading.